Hello and thank you for listening to eSports Takeout, where we discuss and debate important news happening in the eSports industry. If you enjoy our show, we appreciate if you can subscribe, share or leave a review. As our podcast grows, we will be able to provide more quality content for you. We love to also hear from you. Post any question or give us any feedback. You can email me at josephchia at hotmail.com. I'll put my email in the show notes as well. And I read all my emails and might even respond to some of your emails on the show. Stick around and enjoy. Okay. Okay. Um, I sent you... Uh, a very funny story. I'm not sure whether you had the time to look at it. It's Microsoft Excel yep. eSports tournament. Um, maybe just want to cover yep. that. Just want to cover that very briefly because I don't expect to <laughs> go into detail about this this news. Uh, let me just pull up the tweet now. So it's a tweet yep. by uh, Microsoft Excel. Microsoft Excel. Yep, I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, and it says, it says financial modeling as an esports. Uh, watch eight top financial modelers around the world work their mad Excel skills. Uh, yeah, and then in the tournament. So, hmm. uh, impressively enough, there is one Malaysian competing in the tournament. I did. There, there is a video, and I just fast forward the video to see who won. Uh, unfortunately, Canada won. Malaysia, I think, like fourth or Did fifth place. Top three? Not too bad, like, out of eight. Correct, correct, correct. So, this brings up an interesting uh, uh, thought that I had was how do you define esports, right? Because I know that we had this conversation before previously when we were debating on whether or not online chess is considered as, as an esports. It's played yeah. Yeah. online, it's played on the computer. It requires skill. Yeah. Uh, it's a tournament base, skill base. So is it considered as an esports, right? So uh, Microsoft yeah. Excel took this to another level where they have uh, self-proclaimed that financial modeling is also a part of esports, even though if you look at the tweet, um, I'm, a, I'm a bit very edgy about these things, but he's, they spell esports wrongly. And... Yeah. There's to me to me there's only one way to spell esports and it's without the hyphen, without the dash. Yeah. Uh, so that that's me. Um. So I I see that one of the reasons why probably Mixer fail is probably because they don't even know how to spell esports correctly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is uh, my that is yeah. my conclusion right there. That Microsoft is not really <laughs> don't really understand the esports industry and because they don't even know how to spell esports correctly. Anyway, I just I just want to know your thoughts on like um, expanding the definition of esports and what what do you make of this? I think my first impression is as you rightly pointed out, they misspelled esports. They are putting the word esports in a financial modeling competition. Um, personally, I think this is just a marketing scheme. Uh, mm-hmm. I do not honestly think that they are actually considering it as a potential esports, uh, because I think that from a gaming perspective, esports is derived from games. Uh, if you question whether financial modeling is a game or a brain teaser or a brain exercise or kind of something that requires you know 
analysis, like a like mm. a scientific competition where, where mm. collegiate and com- uh, scientific competition. You wouldn't call traditionally call that a sport. You recognize it as a competition, but mm. you traditionally call it a sport. Mm. I would classify financial modeling in the same scope. I think even if we look at, I mean, we are both lawyers, so we, we talk about it in a capacity. Would you consider mooting a sport? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mooting okay. competition, right? I wouldn't necessarily consider it a sport, but I do consider it an academic competition. In the same way, I think financial modeling would fit in that category a bit more as more of an academic competition rather than a sport. So it does beg a very interesting question as to whether it should be regarded as an e-sport, but I just think it's a marketing scheme that maybe didn't go as right as they wanted it to. Correct, but... Um... Uh, bad pass, bad publicity is still publicity, right? So, um, I did, I did exactly. notice, I did notice some of the esports people. They were tweeting about this. They were talking about this, and that, yeah, as as you rightly pointed out as well, is a marketing scheme that actually, I suppose, actually worked in a way, because they got esports people talking about it. Um, but some of them were actually shitting on it, lah. To be frank. Um, so, so, so you 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 raise another good point of like um, finding the the divide between academic and games, or rather e um, esports games, right? Um, how do you do you know where to draw the line though? Because uh, so, for example, just the the common example of chess. Is chess considered a game, or is it more leaning towards more of academic as well? Because it's Uh, puzzle solving, right? Mm, so I'm not sure where. where so yep. where do you stand? Do you do, you, do you do you have like uh any sort of uh, uh formula or interpretation of what esports games is confined to? My personal view is it is still developing. Uh, the reason I say that is this: mm. like, um, I have more senior friends or more people I know who are more senior, right? And they will never consider video games a, a sport, right? They will never put that as a traditional sport yeah, because they okay. say Agreed. sports means you have to sweat, you have to you have to sweat, you have to run, you have to make effort and things like that. Now, does that mean sports don't use brain? Absolutely not, right? Athletes have been known to have you know very high uh, intelligence, especially you know with uh, recently in NFL in uh, in NFL, uh, Justin Fields was drafted in the Browns as the fourth uh, overall uh, fourth. Quarterback taken in the recent NFL draft, he has one of the highest rating in in terms of uh, game memory and game sense and strategies. He is the highest in 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 the history, right? So, where I personally, where I draw the line is kind of where we call, I think where where it, it, there's a mix between the action and what is spoken, or at least what requires a lot more uh, mental capacity in the aspect of studying and play and carrying it out. Academic competitions, generally, to me, are not sports. That's just my personal view. But when you bring the question of chess into play, it does bring another concept because it is an it is to an extent an academic competition with a, a lot of strategy. Um, at the same time, I think because traditionally people have accepted chess as a form of sports that is recognized either in in local tournaments and things like that. It has grown in that caliber, uh, but when we first started this off, we talked about that everything there's no there's no longer 
in-person chess competitions for the whole year, right? But that doesn't mean chess competitions have stopped. You have, uh, you know, people who have joined organized, uh, has joined esports organizations to, to, to represent them and play in, uh, in, in a competition, a world-recognized competition with their rankings of Grandmaster, Master and all that stuff uh, on, online. So, you know, that, that comes to another question is whether, whether we can consider that as transformed into esports. Mm, mm. Uh, so, I think, like I said, my answer is it's still developing and I don't think that we will ever have a conclusive answer uh, with, especially to me, especially with things like VR, with AR uh, coming into sports, coming into games, the lines are blurred even more. Um, you can have a, a VR, you know, who knows, maybe five years down the road, 10 years down the road, we can have a proper VR um, competition where you run, you sweat and you do a lot of other things, but it's inside the game context. Uh, and you have to train for it in the same way, right? Uh, yeah, so is that so sports or esports, right? Yeah, so I was, like I said, I would say it's developing, but I believe there will come a time where so many traditional sports have been incorporated to a certain sense with technology that the question of what, what the, the line between an esports and a sports needs to be drawn. Uh, this is, a, again, another thing that I would say, like, you know, when the Olympics took the option to have virtual sports you know yes virtual sports is when we recognize games that have traditional sport elements but there will be a time where things like that start to take over what we know as traditional sports where do we draw the line in that so i think in that sense you know that's why they use the term virtual sports instead of recognizing it as an e-sports yeah exactly so um, th- th- this just got me thinking also. I actually wanted to move on because this is just a very <laughs> uh, sidetrack uh, topic. Uh, but actually, this got me thinking as well. Um, so uh, the, the, the traditions of the Olympics, right, it's been, it's been going on for so long that um, the, the, the idea of Olympics is that it brings um, athletes from all around the world competing in, in the biggest sports or what they consider as, as uh, sport. Um, yeah. so I, I would imagine that if let's say one day, probable day that whether or not it's possible to have, uh, an equivalent of Olympics in the esports industry in that all the big and well-known esports games are, uh, uh, held, uh, in, in the Olympic size and Olympic, uh, setting. And if there, if those games they are recognized by this esports Olympics, then they are considered as sports. Those yeah. those people that those those um, games that are recognized in the esports Olympics, then those are considered esports. But those are not whatever else whatever games like this Microsoft financial modeling. If they are not if they are recognized in this esports Olympics, then um, then maybe more people will accept them more people will accept this financial modeling as part of esports. Would, would you be able to see this, this kind of future? If you get what I mean, you, do, do you get what I mean? Um, coming up with equivalent of Olympics in the esports industry yeah. and having that set of committee <laughs> recognizing um, yeah. what games are considered as esports. So, so in, in the same way that Olympic has the Olympic Games, which is the Summer Games, the Olympic Winter Games, the Youth Olympic, the Paralympic Games, you know, whether one day we will have, as part of the Olympic uh, cycle, we will have the esports, uh, esports games, you know, uh, and what this entails. I think, 
I think there is a possibility. I, I think there, there really is a possibility, but I would say that it will take a lot of time to convince uh, a lot more people to, as to where it entails into this, um, where it falls in this perspective for sports. I mean, we talk about how, you know, Olympics has a long history. Yes, definitely has a long history, but, you know, probably for all we know, you know, 300, 400 years ago, things like, uh, things like a rugby competition was never part of the Olympics, but it is today. Rugby may not have even been invented yet. Yeah. yeah. After many years, they got incorporated, you know, um, Taekwondo or martial arts, mm-hmm. uh, martial arts form, um, you know, was incorporated to Olympics uh, as part of saying like wrestling and things like that. So I would want to say it's never going to happen. I definitely won't say it's never going to happen. Uh, but it may happen. I guess it just depends on the timing and, and how big esports continues to grow and whether people are going to fall into it. Yeah, yeah. I think the likelihood in any event, I think it's pretty low because um, that would entail also a lot of uh, the developers' um, consent and um, whatever, um, well, them, them giving up their property rights to the games, that would be a challenge to some of the developers as well. They might as well just create their own World Cup, their developers' World Cup, like Riot, Riot's World Cup, Ripe's Olympic, and then you have mm. Valorant, League of Legends, Wild Rift, all in the same venue. That would be more probable yeah. to happen, actually, instead of them collaborating with Valve, collaborating, collaborating with yeah. Blue Company, all these things. I think here's, here's something else to think about kind of kind of on the same tangent right you know how we say that um, there's basketball in the Olympics right but we have the traditional NBA right? mm-hmm. and for that season for that few months NBA is silent because there are players some of the players in the NBA are representing US in the Olympics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so in that regard you know I feel like there is still potential. It may not be more. It may not be a, as much of a barrier as anything, but I definitely think it'd be more costly in terms of you know. Imagine if the Olympics comes to you and say, "Hey, so how much do you, is it going to take for you to give us the licensing rights to run it for a tournament?" Yeah, you know. So it's going to be a lot more costly on the Olympic side in terms yeah. of getting the licensing. On the other hand, I also think that it, it could be a good publicity, uh, and it's a good uh, and a good publicity and a good setup because, you know. All the big major sports, including the recent ones like Valorant, have already have everything from uh, have everything that is already in place that have they have international players recognized by country. We have um, casters who are all in place and on and, and can and, and can work together at a moment's notice. We have all the people who are in tech that, that can already incorporate that soft that system and translate it to a viewing for everybody. Um, so I think in terms of laying the groundwork, let's say Olympic wants to take it tomorrow and the agreement is in place, I think it will probably be one of the easiest ones to turn around to get a global communication team to turn it. Because we already have international tournaments to that capacity. Mm, and mm. It's, just, it's just a matter of giving the same resources to the Olympics, uh, regardless in, in what game. But you're right, I think it'll be difficult to see you know, competitors working with one another to promote their game in a competition where Dota, League of Legends, uh, and all the other mobile games all are in one line. You know, people people may not be that keen to to have all of them together, to split the viewership and things like that. But yeah, maybe maybe sometime in the future. Yeah, let's see how it goes. Ah, uh, which I think won't happen. But 
I mean, won't won't happen in the near future. But let's see how it goes. Yeah. Um. I the think. other news. Uh, I think this is one of the big news. Uh, happened yeah. at this this week. Uh, let me just read it out. Uh, TSM has signed a ten-year, two hundred and ten million dollars naming rights agreement with FTX Trading Limited and West Realm Shires uh, Services. And now they have changed their name to TSM FTX across all titles. So that means it's translate. It translates to twenty one million per year for the next ten years. Um, do you follow TSM? Uh, a little bit here and there, but they are an NA team. So as as my 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 position still remains that NA is not. I don't follow NA very much. Right. North American side. So, so um, I know of I, them. I know some of their star players and their mm, history. What I understand is that correct me if I'm wrong, but there was an issue, right, in terms of the names, uh, change, changing of names in the League of Legends scene? Uh, I don't think it's much of an issue, rather. It is just more of when you change a name that you have to inform the whole League Commissioner and things like, like that. Mm. Uh, let me just... Uh, don't believe there was... So I saw... Okay, okay I just pulled up this news. Um, it says TSM barred from using the new FTX sponsor in name jerseys on the League of yeah. Legends uh, and Valorant broadcast. Um, the reason is would be in violation of the developers' guidelines around partnerships with cryptocurrency exchanges. Yeah. So yeah, I just saw that now. But I believe this is more of a. But this is more of the partnership uh, more than anything else. Um, rather, like if it was TSM with McDonald's, I don't think it would be a problem with TSM McD. Uh, but rather, this is because FTX has a cryptocurrency uh, that is crypto exchange. Therefore, uh, there is a barring on that basis. Uh, yeah, so what I understand is that that means, essentially what it means is that they cannot use the FTX sponsor on their name and jerseys in the League of Legends. Um, Anything Riot, basically. Yeah, Riot, Riot, Riot matters. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm not sure whether this is something that TSM had anticipated or FTX has anticipated. I think the idea of uh, sponsoring and having your name next to TSM is for global marketing reasons. And... One yeah, of yeah. the biggest games around right now is League of Legends, especially in the NA, right? League of Legends and Valorant. So, yes, if FTX is un- if FTX is barred from using their name um, in the professional setting, um, we uh, I imagine I'm not I'm not sure what the conversations are there, but I imagine there'll be a short change, or rather, FTX will feel short changed by this deal. I think it's I think it's very interesting. I think it poses a very interesting question. Um, the restriction is on on pro league broadcasts, right? The restriction yeah. on LCS and other pro league broadcasts or Valorant events uh, won't be allowed. Now, I think first we have to understand TSM background. TSM background was built on League of Legends. They were the team that coined the name Team Solo Mid, which is everybody five all five run mid. Uh, led by Andy Dane, the current 
CEO, and then eventually their next starter became Bjergsen, who is now a co-owner and also the head coach of the uh, League of Legends team. Uh, the name change, whether the sponsorship entails a bigger picture, maybe not. It may affect the pro scene. Yes, definitely in terms of like the professional broadcast, but it doesn't restrict them from using the TSM FTX on their streams. It doesn't restrict them to yeah. follow their, their personal capacity as, as yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, while that one may not be as much of an issue, you know, as part of any sponsorship deal, they may be required to stream. They may be required to, to, to uh, each player is required to stream maybe 10 hours, 15 hours a week. And the FTX can be there as part of the, as part of the could, could be there as part of that because they are not part of the, what they say here, LCS or Pro League broadcast. So they, it's their own personal capacity as part of their name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that part of the thing is still exists. But you brought up a very interesting question. Is the brought up interesting point where whether this was a consideration when they engaged, uh, when FTX signed the agreement with TSM and whether TSM was aware of it. Um, I haven't seen much of it as whether there were any comments or anybody was saying about it. The deal carves out name on broadcast and jersey logos, but that's it. Um, they still maintaining that capacity. Whether it will impact FTX as a whole, I don't think it's going to impact as much personally as 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 I think we are trying to make it out to be. Because as much as we say, you know, FTX and, and TSM, it will affect the league scene or how they are reviewed as sponsors and to get their name out there. FTX ads are also kind of everywhere. Mm. Um, you turn on you turn on like YouTube and things like that, there's FTX ads. ads. You watch TV, there's FTX ads. So whether it will impact them significantly, I don't think so. But it's definitely probably a very interesting conversation that they are having right now with regards to how they're going to curb this or at least address this in, in this in this context. Yeah, correct. So, so I don't think it will significantly impact their uh, marketing strategy. Mm. Uh, it's just that it's just that what I thought is that whilst they were negotiating on the deal, two hundred ten million dollars for a ten-year contract. Which is not a small sum. I believe uh, I read out somewhere. I read somewhere that it could very well be the biggest uh, sponsorship deal in the esports industry. Um, mm, yep. And when TSM approached or FTX or the other way around, um, the conversation would def- was uh, definitely surrounding um, some of the assets that TSM owns, such as um, the SES, the um, their personal streaming streamers, their professional players, their venue, and their fans are right. Their Discord fans mm. um, community. Yeah. So those are definitely part of the consideration, and that those are their assets. And I imagine them uh, being in LCS, one of their biggest assets as well. And that would probably be the reason why, or one of the considerating factor why FTX decided to. Um, sponsor them, uh, being that in the pro scene, in the LCS scene, they are they are more. I, I suppose the, the 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 age group that that watches these games are um, around our age lah, around twenties, thirties, right? That mm. has that has disposable yeah. income to trade cryptocurrencies and all these things, right? Or or rather, we are exposed to to such a thing, and that is probably what FTX was looking at as well. FTX was looking to target this um, sector, this this segment of uh, uh, people to trade in their their platform. But now, 
Riot came out and say that no, you cannot um, use your uh, this this name on the broadcast and jersey. That it, it this for 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 this season, I don't think it's an issue because we are still talking about it. F, uh, TSM FTX, we're still talking about the FTX uh, platform. But in five years later, six years later, when the when this issue dies down a little, um, there's there will be little coverage, and all you see is just TSM name right there without the TSM FTX. Um, so, yeah. um, in in my opinion, I see the winner of this. If the if the deal maintains, I see the winner being TSM because they're gonna get their money regardless. Yeah. But FTX is the one that has lost some form of um, um their marketing strategy in that their name cannot be cannot appear in the professional scene. So that that was something yeah. that I I I that was some something that I pulled out from this 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 news is. But in any event, it's is an um. It's a it's a it's a direction forward for in the esports industry, um, and the crypto industry to a certain extent as well. Reaching out to the esports players, reaching out to esports people like us to trade in crypto and get ourselves exposed. So it's a it's a it's a good direction. It's just that the money is so huge, right? Would you say that this could be a starting point into for for at least riot in this in this context, right? For Riot to revisit this uh, on, on, on cryptocurrency exchange being one of the areas that's being barred from sponsorship. I think the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, you know, how crypto was, especially in the past year, you know, crypto has been going up and down, up and down. Mm. And, and whether, you know, it will be in Riot's interest to actually, Riot and its and its and the franchisees, you know, as, as all the 10 franchises, whether it will be in their interest to, and get to, to expose this new market of potential investors, which could bring in more funding into, into I mean, this 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 uh, this sponsorship in itself is evident that at least for the crypto scene, um, uh, there's a big funding amount there, and people are looking to bring it into esports. Yeah, I think for sure. Um, so I, I'm actually I'm a little bit um, confused on this uh, form of uh, rights position here on why they place restriction on cryptocurrency um, platform. Um, if you see in the traditional spots, there, there are betting betting um, companies that invest yep. in, in, in traditional spots, right? To get, and that is allowed. Even in, even in the esports space, um, there are many betting um, companies that invest and are allowed to sponsor uh, esports tournaments. So, in, in, right. in my opinion, I see betting as, uh, uh, okay, like I, I, in my, I, there, there is a fine line between uh, this cryptocurrency and, and betting. I think they're both equally the same. They're both betting now, right? Um, yeah. But my question is, how do you draw the line, right? Why is betting companies allowed to sponsor events and tournaments, but cryptocurrency exchange, they're not allowed to market themselves? That is the that is the question I have, and I think that's something definitely Riot would definitely revisit. To and I imagine that they will allow um, uh, uh, having to to allow a looser interpretation of of what is what is what can spawn what um, can be taken as a sponsor and what cannot. So I just so, I just find that uh, I just find it odd, honestly. Why is the cryptocurrency exchange? Yeah. Being restricted. 
just to give you more understanding, I just pulled up the the, the riot legal, the developers legal legal document uh, in terms of recognizing sponsors. Now they've considered cryptocurrency as part of it because they consider it an unregulated financial instrument of market. Okay. So it comes back to the whole argument on the question on how cryptocurrency should be regulated, whether it should be regulated. So that is their their stance behind it. Um, at least based on what I understand here, uh, because they, they they list out you know the prohibited sponsors and advertisers list. Obviously, you have the standard uh, video game, game consoles, any other game, any other consoles, any other esports, any other tournaments. Mm. Uh, gambling, sportsbooks, and casinos uh, are not part of it as well. Uh, esports operate uh, fantasy esports operators, drugs, firearms, uh, tobacco products, alcohol products, which is interesting. Which I'll come to a bit later. Alcohol products, set up marketplace, uh, da, da 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 da. So these are the kind of the political campaign. These are the kind of things that they have marketed. Yeah. Um, mm. I find this one particularly interesting. Right? They mentioned alcohol products, including non-alcoholic beverages marketed by alcohol companies. Okay. Okay. Now, if I am not mistaken, as part of the LCS current, uh, as part of the LCS current, the, the league itself, right? The league itself actually has a partnership agreement with Bud Light. Oh, the beer. right. Okay. Yeah. So under LCS official, they have been posting, you know, things like they have a Bud Light League Lounge and things like that, which means there is a connection in that regard. So to me, it is clear that there's an exception. So there is an huh. exception because Bud Light uh, had, although, you know, according to Riot Developer, prohibited sponsors and advertising this alcohol products, including non-alcoholic beverage. Even if you want to say Bud Light, the non-alcoholic version, it is still marketed by Bud Light, which is an alcoholic company. It's mm. being marketed here as one of the sponsors and advertisers. And this is not just on teams, um, on teams, but rather, you know, it should be on the league as a whole. You know? There's the whole purpose of who's to foster the league as a whole. So, uh, yeah, I think it's very interesting. I think there will be room for discussion. There'll be room for negotiation. Uh, in terms of its implementation in the league, but I, as I went through TSM website, you know, you look at the list of um, teams that they have. You look at the teams that they don't have. I think there is a good enough amount of non-riot games, games, right? Non-riots games that uh, that their whole scene can continue to grow, can continue to expand, especially for for the FTX, at least for FTX. Uh, would it impact financially? I think we'll wait for news. Uh, let's see what happens following this decision from the LCS commissioner. But uh, yeah, but it is, it is like you said earlier that it is one of the biggest investments uh, into esports. Do you foresee things like this growing bigger and bigger? Um, I mean, they're, they're basically, they have set the bar. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so... so- so firstly, just going back a bit, when you mentioned that um, LCS has a partnership with Bud Light, right? My first impression is that there is some, some form of double standard in that, that sense, isn't there? Yep, I agree. So, yeah, so I suppose that is something that, that, that has to be considered by Riot. Why, why is there restriction placed on teams, but not on the league itself, not on yourself? It's, it's as if that um, I'm the boss, I can do whatever I want. And you, as my employee, there are certain things you cannot do, right? Which, in the long run, it won't work so well. So, uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting thing to see. Um, just, just setting it in the American context, right? 
I think generally when I see some of these uh, investments, these big investments happening in the US, uh, this, 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 sort, this sort of sponsorship and investment can only happen in the US. This big money being thrown around, um, like, like there's just nothing, like there's just water, right? If not, I'm not talking about the esports space. I'm talking about like even the startup industry in the um, Silicon Valley industry um, um, sector, right? Where a lot of this Series A, Series B, pre-seed, the, the valuation of the companies exceeds what, uh, what they bring in as, as a revenue. So mm. this sort of crazy money, <laughs> what I notice is that only happens in the US. Um, I think in other countries, we are generally just more uh, uh, um, conservative and stable in terms of valuation. But whether or not this will follow through with another big investment, I I, actually, I can foresee that, but I can only foresee that happening in the US where they have, I don't yeah. know why, some of them, they just have a lot of money to throw around. But in other um, countries, in other continents, I think we're just, I, I don't see as big of an investment as what I, what I see in, in the US. I think you're 100% spot on on this. I mean, just looking into, you know, um, let's talk about at least where uh, the league stands as a whole. You know, we talked about how TSM is their biggest sport and their biggest uh, accolade is for League of Legends, right? And, and, and they get a 210 million investment based on, pretty much based on that alone. But, you know, the standing of where TSM, of where, you know, NA League of Legends stands, it's not as high as other regions. You have Korea and China making a comeback for the title. Europe is still a top two, top three team uh, at the very least. Um, and we have consistently heard of stories of people saying that EU, although with NA are cousins and science, EU is still not mm. getting enough funding. People are not, uh, you know, there's not enough funding in EU to keep players. Same thing with Korea and China where people are just, you know, jumping left and right between to, to go to NA to earn a more flourish living, you know. We talk about TSM, right? We talk about TSM. Their top lane, you know, who used mm-hmm. who is a Korean, came to Europe, played two seasons there. No, played one year there, I believe. Yeah, one year. Went to America to play for a team. Went back to Korea to play for, for the best Korean team at that time, right? With, the, with, with Korea, in, with Faker. Started the Korean downfall, per se. Went back to America and now signed with TSM at the start of this year being one of the most uh, expensive and top tier sign or at least most costly signings in the league. So you talk about how players have been jumping left and right. You won't get that same amount of you won't get the same amount of things in uh, in, in any, any other region but America. You mean in terms of transfer? No, in terms of transfer, in terms of financial, in terms of you know where they stand, in terms of what, what the amount you're going to earn, what is the sponsorship deals that you're going to get. And things like that. Uh, I will say that I will openly say that Europe is make, is starting to get better by the looks of things. You know, you mm. have uh, things like BMW, you have things like Mercedes, all signing agreements with with different teams. You know, BMW signed with Fnatic and G two, uh, and, and so on and so forth. One plus used to be with Fnatic, but this will be the last year with them. So I think it's getting better. I think mm. there is growth in that aspect because more people are more traditional. Um, more traditional brands are recognizing it. I think. One of the biggest announcements, I think, at the start of the year was when uh, G two signed an agreement with Adidas. You know, so you're bringing in 
additional sponsors of sports into esports with the G2 Adidas link. Um, I will say definitely we are growing in a certain direction and at least uh, certain aspects of it is growing. Uh, but like I said, I don't think they will ever reach American standards. 100%. Yeah, not in the near future, I, I guess. Mean, you look at right. where... I think the scope, or at least the way it works, also won't, won't ever reach. You just look at NFL, you look at NBA, two of the most... Um, two of the most profitable leagues in the world and the way they run things, the way they have their whole... If you look at like just NFL, I've just got recent, I got recently really hooked into NFL. You know, they have the whole Hall of Fame chain and it's very properly coordinated. Just the Hall of Famers. You have the NFL draft, which is connection with every single university uh, and they, they do a proper draft every year. Um, and then after that, you have the league itself. And the league itself only runs from September to February. Half yeah. a year, they run the league. But they are the most one of the most profitable leagues in the world. The amount of money put into it and the amount of investment and the amount of returns. So I don't see any other area or region ever coming close to touching that business model that has been working for them. Uh, and I think that will continue to be the case in esports as well, especially with this $210 million investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, just, it's just big money. I just cannot fathom actually. $210 million. Let me just see, 210 million to MYR. Uh, that is uh, 864. One. Yeah, 1 billion almost. 864 million. Closer. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's just easy money for TSM. Well. Sorry? Yeah, that depends currency rate of the day as well. For exactly. us, it depends on currency rate of the day as well. <laughs> man, if I can only I mean, take yeah, that money. Easy money for TSM, man. I think when the money I invest in Bitcoin or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have bought up a good portion of Bitcoin already by the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any other news? Well, I haven't seen anything else. Have you? Uh, not really. I just see like one or two, but they're not big news. I think we can leave it for another day. I think the, the at least for League of Legends, you know, it's safe to say that... Uh, the season, the summer season for us is restarting. So uh, a lot more of the drama, a lot more of whether teams are up, uh, whether teams are going down, or whether certain other aspects of things like the naming, the branding, all these things are going to start coming up again. Is it the? So we'll get, we'll see more there. Is it the transfer season? Local leagues. Uh, no, so we are part of the summer season now. So we finished the spring split. We now go into the summer. Split. Right. Okay. So it's again. So all the whole round robins, everybody's getting back in. Uh, Preparation for Worlds is, is coming up. Basically, it is the prime season where everybody preps for Worlds. Uh, but yeah, I think other than that, there hasn't been any interesting news, I would say. Other than, well, I still think the biggest news, even though we have the TSM 210 million, was still Microsoft Excel trying to call themselves esports. Uh. I think that's still the biggest news for me. <laughs> Look, I saw uh, just, just some random talk again. I saw someone post it on LinkedIn, right? Saying that, oh, Microsoft yeah. has uh, announced an esports. And then I saw a comment saying that, Oh, why don't Microsoft uh, stream it on Mixer? <laughs> well, exist. the joke being that Mixer is no longer here. Okay, ah, yeah. I, I just found that funny. <laughs> it is. I mean, come on, you think about it, right? They paid, they paid, they paid Ninja, right? At that time, the biggest streamer. At that time, go into Mixer and set up a Mixer community, and they still managed to close it down. Correct, and Shroud. That takes, that takes significant skills, if you ask me. 
that's insane, right? You have Ninja and Shroud. Yeah. yeah, you have two of the biggest streamers in the market, and yet you still can't make it work. All right. It's harder to fail, right? In that sense, I don't get it. I don't think it's harder to fail. I think it's just and there's definitely a lot of other elements, you know, in terms of how it was marketed, how it was shared, the number of people, uh, who they were partnering up with. I mean, if you're telling me five years ago where, whether which streamer was going to be where they are now, you know, I would never name you people like Pokimane. I'll never name you people like, um, you know, uh, what's the guy's name now? Toast. You know, this guy's Toast, toast yeah. Mm. Name you people like, yeah, this guy's Toast, you know. Or one of the newer ones that I think is quite a good streamer, Saikuno. I will never name them in the next five years. I will never name them in the next five years. But Mm. yeah, I would never consider them household names. You know, they were never household names in the streaming community. But now, five years down the road, they are household names. Every other guy or or anybody who follows the streaming community doesn't even need to stream, watch stream. I don't watch streams, right? But you turn on YouTube, you turn on something, you, you, you will see their names up there. They are top. Right. So, uh, and now to break into that market now compared to five years ago, it's a lot tougher. You know? To set up a stream, you, you, it takes a long time to get to where they are now. The sky's close, it takes a while. So, when Mixer came about, it was still very, very early on. And yet, having two of the biggest streamers, they still couldn't establish a community or growing base of streamers that, they, that, that wanted to adopt this. So, I mean, I think it will be something interesting we can go into maybe. Uh, the next round or something like that is to go into why Mixer failed or at least where did Mixer go wrong I think it would be a good you know interesting study to look into as well yeah actually I was just uh, I listened to a, a podcast as we were talking about why Mixer failed or they talk about that lah. Um, one of the reasons why they say right that Mixer didn't do so well is because um, when Ninja came on board they had a lot of this offline um, events to promote Mixer together with Ninja, together with Shroud, going to going to uh, places to promote the Mixer platform, and that is part of their marketing um, strategy, and that was part of their plan. But because of the pandemic, it didn't happen, and that they say that that was one of the reasons why Mixer failed. But I, I mean, I just can't. I I don't I don't buy it one bit because. Uh, mixer as a as a business is online yeah. you are you are all all what what they provide yeah. is just a streaming platform and and i just i just don't buy that kind of uh, excuse I, I think it's just part of a, a excuse that they're trying to give on on why mixer fail um i believe the 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 person that talked about it was uh, ninja's uh, manager which is his wife i forgot her name which talk about talk about that oh, talk about why mixer fail or or rather why why it why ninja didn't you know not say didn't do so well at mixer but why he wasn't able to bring mixer to the next level or same level as twitch um, i believe that was the podcast but i, I did i need to find it i think I mean, that would just, be an interesting topic that we can talk about the next round as well just just yeah just i think just the last thing that we can go off just just at least just for us to at least get a better picture right Ninja, uh, at that time, had 15 million followers on Twitch. Of the 15 million followers on Twitch, 3.2 went to Mixer. Right. That is... Right. For Shroud. Shroud had 7.1 million 
on Twitch. Inactive account, Twitch. Mm. In On Mixer, he only managed to garner 1.2 million followers. Oh, that's a huge so, drop, right? That's a huge drop. Uh, you're not, you didn't even get like 20%. You got a lot less than that. You got mm. maybe about nothing more. So it, it really comes into a question as to figure out. I mean, it would be interesting to talk for us to talk about it. There's a lot of people who are doing whatever uh, to see where, where it went so wrong for them. I mean, it's a four-year company and yet it went really wrong for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened, but I think that's some, uh, something we can talk about the next round as well. That's something interesting we can go. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, okay. Just stop. All right. Nice one, nice one.